Hello, I am Zelda Volkov and you are listening to the Oh My God podcast. This is a space where honest conversation and raw interaction takes place. In these 25 minutes, I interview badass trailblazers and industry leaders about the things that they had to overcome to achieve success. The challenges that they faced as human beings first and as industry leaders second leaving you with actionable techniques and takeaways to implement into your life immediately, taking you from where you are right now to where you want to go. Joyce is Ria is an entrepreneur, a mama, and most importantly to us, one of Zelda's dear friends. She's a storyteller, a fashion trendsetter, an educator, and consultant. She has started and sold multiple businesses, garnering well over $500 million in revenue. We know you'll love this episode and be so, so inspired. Now, over to Zelda. Hello. Morning. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to welcome to the Oh My God podcast, Joyce. Thank you for doing this. Well, thank you. It is such, um, it's such an honor to have you, first of all, because you're so inspiring as um, an entrepreneur, as a mom, and in so many different ways. And I find that it's so interesting that usually, you know, people are so inspiring. There's lots of different, you know, successful people out there that are inspiring to us. But what I find so fascinating with you and what's so special for me about you is that you're so inspiring to me, one of the most inspiring people in my life as a dear friend, because I find that often... When you know you know people from a distance, they're so inspiring. But with you, I know you. You know, I'm getting closer with you uh, these past few months, and it's been. I'm only getting getting more inspired by you. So, thank you, and thank you for thank your you. time. And I'm really excited for our listeners to hear. Thank you, thank you so much. It's so true what you just said about uh, about the greatness of an entrepreneur. Sometimes you feel like they're so untouchable. Yesterday, I went to speak in front of a couple hundred girls. And at the end, you know, a few of them were brave enough to come ask me for my email address. And I got some really nice emails last night. Really, it's the only thing between you and the entrepreneur is the space you want to put there, you know, because when you have opportunities like these to listen to people, you realize that we're all really the same and we're all connected. And in fact, when we're being in our higher self, we have the same energies, it's the same capabilities and the same potential. It's just about tapping into it and not letting your mind put you at a distance. Exactly. That's so true. That's that's really true. That's really the space that we decide. So to take to take um, our listeners on a little journey back in time, uh, why don't you share a little bit about your your story on where on where you were and how you got got here? Sure. So I always title my story Chanel to Shabbat, and basically, um, I really transitioned from a young adult as somebody who was extremely extremely materialistic you know, really in the last um, 10 years, I've really evolved into a really spiritual person who can really stand on on both of her feet. Um, I started out in the fashion business, which is one of the most materialistic businesses in the sense that we are manufacturing things that people dream of and um, selling them a story of why they need it to give them happiness and make them feel good and make them feel cool and in their body. When in fact, you know, it's a work of two years and it you know, before the customer on the psychology of how we get them to buy our products. And so I started out as a creative director for BCBG Generation. I started, uh, my dad owned BCBG, which was an international company. They owned 30 brands. They were making clothes at Walmart. At the same time, they were making clothes for Everlager and down the runway. 
And really, I found my, you know, after working for him for 10 years, I found my calling in his millennial brand. It just so happens that I was doing all my transitional work during that time. So it was actually a big gift to me to be able to defunct some of the myths around having a work-life balance, defunct some of the myths about having values and a moral system and like kind of honoring yourself while running a big business, really, really taking it to the, to the success that it was, you know, thank God half a billion dollars in sales, very, very strong brand that I, we, you know, created, I should say with my team. And then in the last five years, I've brought a new brand to market, which I sold two years later, bought and sold another brand. And now I manufacture with Amazon, a footwear under 50 brand. Um, and I also just started a business development firm where I work with founders to kind of find their purpose with their business and help them, you know, develop whether it's in a licensing vein, brand voice, sales, sales landscape, you know, finance, whatever their kind of um, Achilles heel is, we kind of go in and discuss it and see why founder is not able to take the reins on it or what the, um, you know, some people just can't look past their product. And so really creating a vision that they can be inspired by and that they can lead and inspire other people with and really executing to take them to higher heights. So that's where we're at today, among other things. That's incredible. You're really, truly an inspiration and you are a woman of so many talents. And it's incredible how you are really like a powerhouse when it comes to business and entrepreneurship. And it's incredible. And could you share a little bit about what the journey of Shabbat from Shalel to Shabbat was like? You know, you grew up in sure. realistic. Sure. I mean, there's so many stories. I, I wouldn't even know where to start, but I would say that I was in a marriage that wasn't working uh, with one child in my late 20s. Um, at that point, I was so depressed and had tried everything from medication to therapy to walking with snakes to every healer to uh, every shaman to everybody I could have access to in L.A. One day, I literally jumped off the side of a boat. I just couldn't be in my own skin anymore. And when I came out, everyone was applauding. And I had just gone through kind of what was a rebirth, because at that point, I had given up, you know, and um, when I came out of the water, everyone was like, Oh, hooray, that was so cute. Oh, my gosh, did you just jump in so much jewelry? And oh, my gosh, you're so crazy. And it was actually a really, really life altering event for me. And it just showed me the space between me and the people that were so dear to me. And, and really, I started to make some huge changes in my life. And I met amazing people who were there in the most simple ways, um, which was really what I needed. And I started to observe Shabbat and kept two in a row. And that was my promise at that point, because I was limited in the sense that if I felt that it was too much of a pressure, then I couldn't do it with pleasure. So, you know, I signed up for two weeks in a row keeping Shabbat. And it was really the only time when I wasn't creating and the only time that I wasn't running the show and the only time when I was kind of doing the opposite of what I had always done. And it allowed me to see patterns and see um, toxic relationships and really like look at myself from the outside in, uh, which was something that when you're actively living your life and you're not passively living, you're constantly analyzing, judging yourself, wanting to be better, growing, improving. This is me growing. This is me doing. This is me, you know, and Shabbat really gave me the chance to stand outside of myself and look in and say, how am I feeling and what's not working and, you know, invite certain people in and also make space between certain habits and, and things like that. And so 
um, when I discovered the beauty of Shabbat, then naturally I wanted to discover more and more, right? Because when you feel good, you're like, wow, what's, you know, like a drug addict, you know, oh, okay, this felt good. Okay, now I want to do this, 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 this. Um, and it's also the same, you know, if you're obsessed in the cult or, you know, this kinds of things, like it's like obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. For me, I found that it, it didn't have that kind of um, false magnitude where it was like, I just wanted to go to the top so fast. And it was more this internal calling that was so settling that the more I did, the more knowledge I had, the more wisdom I attained, the more I could master the relationships that I was in, the more I could hear myself think. Um, and so this total silence brought about, you know, the emotions, what I was always battling and out of touch with. Um, I would just kind of blow over my emotion. I'm not tired. I'm not this. I'm not that. Uh, and just go forward. That's so, so incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. And then, you know, it's, you know, when you start working out and you're like, why don't I do this all the time? Why do I stop working out every so often? Like, I know it's good for me. It's really like, for me, religion was the same way. It was very simple in the sense that like, I do it, I feel well, I don't do it, I don't feel well. And now I have this whole thing called guilt and I get it. And guilt is like my inner barometer saying like, uh, uh, I shouldn't wear this, uh, uh, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't sell this, I shouldn't, you know. And so I used guilt as my friend and said like, if I can use guilt and turn it around as like a sounding board and begin to talk to my guilt and see what's it about, and then it projected me further, always projecting me forward. So, wow, that's amazing. And also because specifically, you know, well, I feel like you are the vision doing and action and success and business. And, and I think you are that. But one thing that I come to love and realize about you, as much as you are such a doer in the outside world, you are literally the picture-esque mom, um, you know, caretaker, homemaker. And so I want to know, and I'm sure all of our listeners want to know, how do you balance that? How do you live in these two worlds? And how do you, um, you know, on the one hand, go after your dream in the outside world, but at the same time, you know, develop your home in the beautiful home that it is. And, you know, it takes one look at your family dynamic and it's just a, literally a vision of light and love. Uh, with with all honesty and with um, humility, you know, that that's something that I'm always working on. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think I have the courage to have done found that balance by myself. I think if if God wasn't the person who says that I should keep Shabbat, then I, I don't I don't know that I would have the strength to do it. So for me, Shabbat actually takes that energy of balance and it physically puts it in my week. So I know if I'm running on a Thursday and doing on a Monday and I miss them in the morning or I've missed them in the night, I know that I always have the bookend. I know that I'm always going to come back. So it's, it's actually allows me to fly to a much higher height because I know I have a place to land. So, so I don't carry around that weight when I'm at work, guilty about my children, when I'm with my children, guilty about my work, it's actually very separate for me. It says, I have the time to be with my children. So I can run in the other direction. And then when I'm running in that other direction, with a complete full heart, knowing that God is taking care of my children. So it's, it's actually spiritually built into the to the life that I'm living. Um, and then also that my children see me being of service. I think is an enormous balance just for a family dynamic, because a lot of the time we get lost in our own family dynamic. Me, I didn't sleep. I didn't do, I have to eat better. I have to do better. My kid, I didn't address this issue. 
But when the family is in the spirit of giving and the family is in the spirit of being of service, all of our needs are met. It just is that way because as a vessel, if we're constantly giving, we're also constantly receiving. But if I were to say, you know what, that's it. I'm not going to give. I give too much. You know, my kids enough, blah, blah, blah. And we start holding back. Then we realize that it's actually doesn't allow space for any light to come in. And so how do I really balance it? I don't know. It, it just kind of works with, with the way of my life. And I also am very passionate about being a mother. So again, it's everything that you love and you put focus into and you want there to be, you know, from a good place, a good success. There usually is. Um, optimism helps because I think that if you can see a positive outlook, then you a lot of times can attain it. If you can't get past the daily work and see the vision, then it's hard to know where you're going. You know, it's like you get in the car and you know you have to go somewhere, but you have no idea where. That feeling could be like very disheartening or like very, could feel very lost. For me, I have a vision of where I want my kids to go, I have a vision of what I want my couple to look like. I want a vision of what I want my home to feel like for my guests. I want, I have a vision of what, where I want to be as an entrepreneur. The struggles I see is people just blocking their own potential. They're like, well, if I work, then I can't have the family life. Or if I have the family life, then I can't work. Or, or if I work, then I don't want to go to the high levels because then they don't give you time off. And but it, you can really write your own story. That's such a good point about the vision because we're so subjective in like the overwhelm of the tasks and all this. And, you know, if we just take a moment to be like, to step back and be like, what, what am I doing all this for? You know, and realign with our vision that totally uh, feels like such a release of a burden. You know, we don't have to be so caught up in the nitty gritty when there's like a higher, higher thing at play. I love that. And even on the day when everything's just burning, you know, even on that day, you can go to bed that night and say, at least I took a step closer to my vision. You know, right. it didn't work out. It wasn't the pretty step. It wasn't the perfect step. You know, I screamed, I did this. I, I was upset. I was, you know, lost my patience. I, but the overall goal was still met. You know, yesterday, one of the girls in the speech asked me, well, why do you even try to be good if you know that then you're going to make bad decisions behind it? And I said to her, don't ever be an entrepreneur because the amount of businesses I failed compared to the ones I've succeeded at, if I thought that way, I'd never, I'd never throw myself out there. That's like saying, why do I even raise these children or take care of them or brush their teeth? At some point, they're going to lose their teeth. And like, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's very depressing if you have this global vision that this is what I want in my life. And my dad used to say globally, you have to think globally, you can't even make the vision small. It's got to be in every touch point of your life. It's got to be, I want my relationship to be that relationship in the movies. I want my children to grow up with such confidence. And I want, you know, be able to attain their potential, the reason that they're here. I want my business. I don't want to wait, wait on the small stuff. I want to do the big stuff. The bigger the vision, the bigger the vessel that you do, you allow, you know, the blessing to fall into. True. Yeah. And, and as long as, you you're thinking that way you have the possibility of achieving it that way if you don't if you think small there's no possibility for anything to come of it so for sure my girlfriend i got into real estate she said to me why are you going to sell you know homes for 20 million dollars i was 19 years old when you should start with an apartment see how it goes i was like it's going to take me as much work to find a buyer to find the set to, to do the seller to do the contract it's the same steps 
So for me, I like to cook in a big pot, you know, like I see people sometimes where they, they have like a two person home and they make like a small pot of soup. Like that's not my life. My, my pot is like enormous and it takes as much effort, you know, I'm cu cutting a yam. I'm not cutting one carrot. <laughs> that's so true. That's so powerful. It's so, yeah. wow. What's something that you've been challenged with that you had to, you know, actively work on to get past? I, I would say one of the biggest challenges as a young girl was my ego. When I really got the concept that God runs the world, then I can share my successes and my failures. It didn't feel as much pressure in both directions. So that was extremely powerful because I would say to myself, like, I don't have enough hours in a day. And how am I going to do, you know, whatever. And then I was standing there one day, I was nine months pregnant, doing a public speaking engagement in New Jersey in my ninth month when my doctor told me not to fly and that it was impossible uh, and the next day I opened 155 retail stores and I was like, it was easy. And I was like, it's expansive because when you have, when you're in touch with the infinite, then nothing is a challenge. Nothing you can do is so, so scary or so big. Like I say, tomorrow, somebody can come knocking at my door and give me a hundred million dollars. And I really believe it because it's nothing for God. But for me, it'd be, wow, how am I ever going to get there? I remember mentoring a girl. Uh, she was divorced. She lived in a really small apartment with many, many kids. And she says to me, I feel like I'm stuck all the time. Uh, and I said to her, take everything in your apartment and move it. Literally everything. If you can't get a vision past your apartment, start with your apartment and change everything around everything that bothers you that you don't have a towel rack that you, you know, that the couch uh, is missing is, is like, uh, you know, missing a leg, find something to put in there, Tupperware, whatever, straighten it out. Go in your apartment and move everything around. Get everything that you don't like that you look at out. And we started there. And her life, thank God, took many changes. It was a real blessing. I, I was begging God. I'm like, please, we went through all this effort. Please make sure that are thinking about her. But, but it's so powerful when you realize that you're not trapped. And I think that for me, the biggest challenge was ego as a young girl. And then when I transition that into Hashem, then you don't take credit for your, your successes. It's a shared credit, but the failures, it's the same. And then you also have this ability to access the infinite. Um, and then my one, I would say currently challenging with is being in my biggest potential because I see myself, like, I remember I was a little girl and I cried when they told me that the president of the United States had to be born in America and I wasn't. So I, apparently as a child, I saw myself in the same light. I see myself with this immense potential and there's a part of me because I was a child in an experience where my parents came as, as immigrants and they really reached those high heights where I felt like I lost my parents. And so I care about my children so much. And I say, when I'm in this biggest potential, that's my little negative fear that comes in. Like if I'm really on that potential, am I going to forget my kids, you know, and it's, it comes from my, my own experiences. And so that one is a one that usually I, I defunct it and I get it out of my mind, but it's the little one between me and my potential that says like, you can do all these big things, but you might lose your family. You know, it just shows a weakness to my ability to trust, you know? And so that's where I, I see myself get in my way where I'm like, you know, it's better if I sell it before it gets too big, you know, get better before, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, and I think that's partially modesty too. I think that as I get older, I don't know if I want the glory for building something big. And so I'm also teaching myself, what do you do when you have a successful for it to still feel quiet?
quiet in the ears of others, quiet within the dynamics of your home, quiet in the sense that your kid doesn't wake up in the morning when he's 16 and ask for a Range Rover. You know, how do you keep it quiet and use the wealth that, that will be given to you for better things, for bigger things? How do you not get lost back into the materialism? So, so yeah, so I already, you know, have, again, I talked to you in vision. I already planned out how I'm going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars, who I'll give it to. I have a list of people and I add people to the list. Every time I feel that their heart's in the right place and that they're doing the right things, I say, okay, I'm going to sponsor their growth or I'm going to, you know, so yeah, so planning. And it really, it really speaks to the, to the concept of when we get to give, we, we benefit, you know, we benefit as well. And, you know, as we realign to this higher, higher power and the higher purpose, but to end off, if you could share, you know, something concrete with our listeners that perhaps can take them where they are right now, maybe, you know, they're a mother overwhelmed with, with motherhood or trying to balance the work, work life balance, um, something concrete that could take them uh, from where they are right now to where they want to go? Mm, it's, a, it's a very, very good question. I have a few pieces of concrete advice, but I would say that the one that sits in my mind the most is a line that it's a very important thing that I learned, which is you're not who you are yesterday. You're not who you are today. You're who you are tomorrow. And what I mean by that is that a lot of times we're bound up by the failures we've had, the negative thinking, we're, we're prisoners of who we are, even in the moment, and, and prisoners of our past. And so sometimes it doesn't let us grow to the next level. Um, and I would say that every morning is an opportunity to be the person you're going to be. And what I do during the day, sometimes I say, if I met with a challenge or I met with a question, I always say, is this in line with who I'm going to be? So it takes the pressure off. Even if you said all these things, you know, I always say never say never. But even if you said all these things, like I said when, as a young girl, like I will never have a minivan. I will never, you know, and you kind of are that person. You told all these people that this is what you believe and this is what you are. And then all of a sudden you change your mind. You wake up one morning and you're a little bit wiser and you're like, I really need a minivan. I got seven kids and a husband. <laughs> I, need a, I need a stretch limo minivan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm giving you a, a small materialistic example, but challenge yourself not against who you are today and the resources you have today challenge yourself against who you can be tomorrow so if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you tell yourself is is my behavior even even right now is my behavior in line with the woman i i'm going to be so then you're you're holding yourself up to your potential and not up to others like oh well this person so this 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 so and she doesn't even do that you're like oh so you're comparing yourself to your neighbor you're comparing yourself to your your friend, or you're comparing yourself to who you were yesterday, because if you stay trapped in that, then you're never going to grow past today. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's incredibly brilliant. Focus on, on, on who you are tomorrow, because we get so stuck in the little gritty things of, of today. It's so right. Almost like I don't have time for that. I've got, you know, you don't have the meetings yet, right. but you, you feel the meetings are here. So I, I really don't have time for a lunch because I really, <laughs> Like stepping into your, your potential power already. Right. Or, right. Or, and you're going with the energy. I spoke to a girl a few days ago and um, unfortunately after we had had this big breakthrough, she had two crappy days because friends of hers dragged her down with their stories. 
And I said, it's okay. You're still a good friend. If you take them out of their misery and you concentrate on something fun with them, even if you're being of service to them, but just flip it around because if they're taking you down, then they weren't of service to you. You're not in the who you are tomorrow. So take them into your tomorrow. If you want that friend with you, when you grow past this stage, fine. You don't want to dump her because she's been there your whole life. Fine. But her thinking is negative and her, her vision of herself is not good. Don't let bring her up instead of bringing yourself down, even though that's who you used to be to her, or that's even who you are to her today. Tomorrow, look at her in the eyes and say, I love you. We're going to talk about it for five minutes. When the five minutes are done, I'm taking you to lunch. We're not talking about it anymore. We're moving forward. I have a lot of exciting things I want to share with you. And you and you flip the dynamic of the future of both of you because you give them a chance also to come along with you. Right. You don't allow yourself to be the victim. of Right. I love that. Thank you so much, Joyce. This has been incredible. I learned so much. You're so I learned so much from you. Thank God that we can all pull each other up. We're a link. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Oh My God with Zelda Volkov. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure to leave a review, share it with your friends, and subscribe so that you don't miss next week's episode. Tune in next week for another interview with another badass boss.